welcome to smart cherry's thoughts this is sai from india Yeah, I'm excited to, to to check it out. Yeah, I already saw a couple of episodes, and it's cool. Thanks again. So I thought to tell about uh, you and the work that you are doing to my audience. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah. So my name is Andrei Kaskina. Uh, I work as a developer relations leader at a company called Content.ai. Uh, Content.ai is a company providing uh, headless CMS. Uh, I'm in the business of CMSs for about ten years. I started in a QA uh, section of the on-premise solution, and currently uh, we are providing a headless SaaS-based product, uh, is providing a content management system with, uh, let's say, focus on editing and creative uh, way of working or creating the content uh, for the masses. For uh, my part, I'm taking care of the open source since it's a headless CMS. We are providing the Uh, REST and GraphQL API for fetching the content and managing the content and models. So I'm providing the open source tooling around, like SDK, sample applications, and uh, integrations themselves. Uh, I don't do it uh, myself. Uh, I'm leading a team uh, of five people, uh, and we are taking care of the content uh, dash AI GitHub uh, or, uh, organization with all the open source code. So uh, why why you wanted to be in uh, developer relations? Yeah, uh, I started in the QA uh, before I entered the uh, world of developer relations. I like to uh, have a control over the quality, and I always wanted uh, during the time when I was implementing uh, a testing uh, framework uh, for the product. So I, I always wanted to uh, provide uh, provide a better way uh, for developers to uh, work with any service APIs and stuff. Uh, so. And as well, uh, I was a big fan of open source. Uh, and at the time, uh, one of my colleagues uh, created a new team, which was called uh, Developer Community at the time. And I really liked it because it, uh, everything was open sourced. Uh, you basically saw the uh, saw the results pretty quickly because the tur- turnover of uh, creating a sample or tutorial was really quick. So you don't need to wait for, I don't know, year release. And then we started to build and grow uh, the team. Then the colleague of mine left, so I had took over the the whole team, and I'm currently scaling it up. So it's helping people, and it's working with open source. Uh, so two things all combined. So that's what I want. So your previous job is different from what you're doing now. So why why that diversity? Yeah, uh, first I was just learning uh, for five years. I was doing the QA, try to understand the, let's say, the methodologies, how to write code, how to cooperate with the team from the technical point of view. So it was QA and uh, with uh, with the developer skills. So we're basically a development team, uh, right, uh, doing or creating the product in a basically a pretty standard way, I would say, uh, for uh, for the content management module. But at some point, I think I get to the point that like my technological uh, level was okay. I could write code, review code, and I basically hit the peak. And I wanted to uh, try something more customer facing, but I didn't want to lose the technical part. So uh, that's why I switched. 
in, uh, in internally in company to develop relations. And uh, what challenges uh, that you face in your regular job? Yeah, uh, first thing, and it will probably uh, will be told by many uh, people working in DevRel, is tracking the results. Because we are doing open source tools uh, that we don't really know uh, how much value they are providing, you know? Because you can do the ROIs and you can, you can measure the quality, but at the end of the day, there are many things that DevRel is providing that are pretty hard to measure. So measuring the quality of the SDKs, measuring the happiness, or measuring the time uh, to, I don't know, include the new feature uh, that is releasing the API to the SDK. These are a couple of things that are you are able to track, but it's kind of hard to uh, show the stakeholders that the developer relations is really important. Because at the end of the day, the developers are not the one that are deciding or decision makers uh, that are buying the buying the system, but then they are the users that are providing the, the feedback. So measuring is one thing, and the second thing is the technological uh, technological speed or the speed that the new uh, technologies are emerging. Because since we are have APIs, it's basically uh, not dependent on some spec. And you have many stacks, so if we want to cover them all, it would be impossible. So you need to focus on just some stacks, but you need to keep up to speed with all the trends that are coming uh, to not uh, to not be uh, outdated. So keeping up with the technologies is another one. So how your previous experiences are helping you in your present role? Yeah, uh, we decided to uh, pursue two stacks. Uh, we have a TypeScript and JavaScript uh, and Node.js world, and the second one is .NET because the company originally and the, uh, the base of the code is written in .NET framework, and we are Microsoft-based and we are Microsoft partners, so we have many uh, developers right from the development that have experience in the .NET. So it's for me, it's kind of easy to uh, work with these two stacks because I have the experience, and we have many people that are writing or using the using the specs on a daily basis. So this will this was two uh, fields that we are currently focusing. So for .NET, it's a classic three-layer architecture, uh, .NET MVC. And for JavaScript, we are currently focusing on Gemstack, so mainly Next.js and Gatsby. So you're doing work with a laptop as well as uh, with the people. So how you are able to do uh, multitasking? Yeah. Uh, it's getting harder and harder because we are scaling up the team, so I don't write the code that much. Uh, mostly, if I do the coding or something, it's a review part, or I'm defining the scopes or basically defining the data contracts and these kind of things. So it's getting the level of the coding is getting lower and lower. But at the end of the day, as I, uh, as I said, we are doing uh, we are creating SDKs and uh, sample applications that are pretty small. So I still can, uh, we have like 20% of our work time uh, basically blocked to the innovation time. So you can basically do uh, like your self-education. And this is the time that I'm uh, focusing on, uh, let's say, trying new things, trying new frameworks. But the rest of it, uh, I guess it's like 60, 70% of my time. It's basically managing uh, managing the roadmap uh, over the, the uh, like open source, uh, open source uh, roadmap uh, we have in content.ai. So what is your driving force? What is motivating you to do a uh, developer relations role? Yeah, uh, I'm a lion. <laughs> so uh, I really like uh, when people are appreciating my work. 
And uh, since we are doing the public-facing uh, repositories, uh, uh, I really love to uh, see the appreciation of the people that are using uh, using IDKs and tools uh, we are providing, and that they are saving uh, saving their time. So this is really my driving force to like help the developers to basically focus what is important, which is the development, not writing the code uh, that you need to do for every single project the same. So like helping people to be more effective. So this is my driving force. So what are you before coming into this role and uh, after coming into this role? What is the yeah. change that you are observing? Yeah, uh, before this role, uh, I didn't do any customer facing uh, interviews. I haven't been speaking uh, with, uh, let's say, interesting people like, for example, you are. So you don't really get to the, uh, you get, you don't get to the uh, cooperation with, uh, let's say, many people. You just get a task. Uh, you have the task done and that, that's it. Maybe you do some interactions with your team, your, uh, your grooming, uh, some functionalities and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still internal. So, uh, this was the biggest change to, let's say, open up to two people and be like, open them and like, be, uh, let's say, communicable and uh, start, let's say, interaction with uh, outside work. So how how is now talking with customers and uh, uh, interacting and communicating with them? Yeah, uh, we have mainly two groups of people uh, that we are focusing on. Uh, the first one, we have an MVP program, like, for example, Microsoft had, but much smaller. We have around nine people that we are uh, working on the weekly basis. So if we are uh, like focusing on something, I can get a, I can get a quick feedback from them. There are mostly like C-level technical guys, architects, or the owners of the digital agencies. So you can quickly uh, make the feedback uh, from this uh, part of the world. Uh, the second one is uh, the GitHub itself. Because since everything is open source, you have users or developers right there. The platform allows you to cooperate on issues, tasks, pull requests, and even the project management tools that are uh, that are embedded right in the system. So we are basically using GitHub as uh, as a part of the communication uh, channel, as well as uh, uh, recent uh, recent addition to that, uh, which is uh, Discord channel. So what you're learning in recent times? So uh, we need to keep up with the uh, new stacks. So for uh, for now, uh, .NET 7, uh, the new major version uh, with the new features that are allowing to uh, write the code more efficiently and eas more easily. So in this is uh, what in uh, .NET world is emerging, as well as uh, .NET MAUI or uh, the Blazor. There are still, uh, there are still I think at a little bit, a little beginning, since we are focusing on enterprise segments uh, from our product, but it's really good thing to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, and from the .NET, uh, sorry, Node.js or JavaScript world, it's uh, GenStack uh, frameworks like Next.js, Gatsby, and uh, like the new, let's say, niche uh, niche framework like Vite or Vit. I don't know how to pronounce it or spell. So these, let's say, pretty quick frameworks that are still at a really beginning phase, but for some projects they can be ideal. So we need to like keep an eye on these. Yeah. So Jamstack and uh, .NET are the main uh, resources that we need to keep up with. So conflicts are quite common in uh, development and a project. So how you are able to fix it? Yeah. Uh, 
I must say, uh, our company culture, it's awesome. I haven't seen it uh, really often uh, the, when, uh, when it comes to the relationships. Or, of course, we have a, we have a conflict, but uh, Content.ai has the public uh, playbook and basically are trying to explain how you should behave or how you should react if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, agree with someone. Sometimes we, are, uh, sometimes we fall into this situation and you can just like, yeah, you, of course, you need to make a step back, cool down, you know, uh, think about uh, what you need to achieve. But at the end of the day, uh, you need to, uh, and we have the rule called uh, comment, uh, uh, disagree and comment. So even like you can uh, serve your arguments, uh, you can uh, talk with them, and then you are uh, trying to provide, a, uh, you are trying to um, provide a compromise. But once it's done, uh, it's set in stone, it's written down, and then you are following the, uh, the rules or the decisions that uh, you have done. Yeah, so this is basically why uh, how I do it. I didn't have really like the big uh, big conflicts. Most of the time, it's just the developers uh, choosing the technology or like trying to do the thing the best way, and they're still like, yeah, this is my solution and this one is the best. But at the end of the day, you just like uh, have a have a good night's sleep after for that. Sometimes you realize, and if I even I do that, uh, yeah, that my way wasn't like the best of the best uh, breeds. So yeah, it happens so much. So. Good night's sleep and trying to follow the playbook. So what is the source from which source you learn most? Excuse me, just got out. The source, the information where you learn uh, a lot. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of uh, a lot of newsletters uh, subscribed like JavaScript Weekly uh, or .NET newsletter. I also have our own uh, technical uh, content of AI newsletter. So these are the channels that I'm, let's say, passively, uh, passively getting. Uh, then I have my YouTube channels uh, that I have subscribed to uh, from Microsoft, from Vercel, from Gatsby. So I'm subscribing as well. And uh, this season of fall, uh, it's a conference season and we're visiting a lot of conferences because for me, it's much easier to just sit, learn, and I don't need to do the pre-check and read to, through the documentation. I have the person who is expert in it, explaining it quite quickly. So this is also, uh, also a way uh, how I'm uh, keeping up to speed. So in your, in your country, uh, what is, what is, how your uh, developer relation works? Yeah. Um, in Czech Republic, uh, we the developer relations are pretty young. Uh, I don't see many, let's say, local or Czech-based companies, just Czech-based companies that are using uh, or uh, approaching the developer relations uh, way of uh, providing the support for the, uh, for the technical roles. Uh, but I can see it from the international uh, companies like Content.ai's, but we have uh, branch offices of Microsoft, Google, uh, AWS and these, let's say, bigger companies that already have a developer relations uh, departments in place in much bigger scale uh, than we have. So this is the way. Uh, this is the uh, this is the way how you can learn. But uh, to be honest, if you want to go to the local level, the developer relations is not really developed in uh, in the in the smaller uh, smaller companies. So what is the effect or the impact of the developer relation? Uh, in, in, in a company? Yeah, 
this is basically what I'm trying uh, to repeat uh, all over and over, and you will probably see it on the devrel.com and, and these kind of resources. Uh, when you have the system or software that you are providing uh, to the technical parts, so your users are the technical users, they need uh, to have a good uh, experience of using the product, and they need uh, to have a way how you can how they can reach out uh, to the uh, to the let's say someone technical to provide a feedback on the system software APIs documentation this kind of thing. So you need a technical guy because if you don't have him and you have a let's say uh, non-technical support for let's say user experience and these kind of things, then the technical uh, technical audience. Would, uh, would uh, give you pretty uh, bad feedback or they will just quit using your service. So this is the way how you can uh, you can uh, boost your uh, boost your uh, boost your uh, user base and uh, lower the chance of the churn uh, of the people that will just basically cut out the service. And since we are in a, in a SaaS companies, you just cancel the subscription and that's it. It's not like you are really bound to uh, the system itself. If you don't like it, you can just quit and uh, buy a new one, which is better. Yeah, so this is something that uh, I'm really trying to uh, do is to listen to the people that are using it and then providing, let's say, the aggregated information to the product owners or to the uh, techno, uh, technical uh, teams that are developing the product itself. And, and the best experience that you had? Uh, I really love uh, when because we are organizing and sponsoring a lot of conferences, so we are uh, we are uh, around. And if I see a person who just go uh, goes to our booth or uh, hear uh, our presentation and then leave a feedback, yeah, like yeah, you saved me I don't know hours of uh, hours of my work by providing the SDK. This is the this is one of the best uh, like feelings that I really like. So that we helped developers to do their job. So what do you personally understood about developer relations? Uh, once again, please. Uh, what you personally uh, understood uh, most about developer relations? Mm, when I was uh, starting with uh, developer relations, we started with a consulting company called Hoopy. Uh, maybe we'll admire <laughs> for them. Uh, they are a London-based company. They are basically focusing on implementing developer relations in your company because we didn't have that much of an experience. We were uh, driving the community team, which was like something like focusing on any any developers. But then we basically transformed and created a developer relations team that is focusing on the developers that are using our products. So we basically uh, focused on the on the personas that we need and we specified uh, we specified uh, what we need from them. And as the outcome, uh, it was much easier to get the feedback because if you are focusing your questions, uh, you get much more uh, much more vari variable feedback and input. So, other than this, what do you do other than developer relations? Uh, you mean in my personal life, right? Yeah, I really like sports. Uh, I like doing sports. I'm not a fan of watching sports. So I have no idea about like the football in Premier League and this kind of things, but I really do uh, love to play uh, football or soccer. Uh, if you're in America, so soccer. <laughs> I like. Uh, I also like the rocket sports like tennis or badminton. So I really like to 
know, to clear my mind, I just go running or I, I do play badminton or tennis. This is a really passion for me. I recently bought a, a, a motorbike, an electric one. So I really like to like clean my head by driving it around. This is also cool. And I bought a new house, which is a nice hobby because once you buy a house, you have a lot uh, to work on because you always see something uh, that needs to be done or repaired or enhanced or these kind of things. I recently started with a smart homes set up. So I'm starting to set up my heatings and my uh, Google assistants around and the speakers and automatic lights and these kind of things. So this is a little bit more technological uh, work of, uh, of like clearing my head from, uh, let's say, day to day, day to day, day to day job. And uh, how, how, how technology is uh, helping uh, human, uh, humans in solving their problems? Yeah. So the first thing, smart houses. I know you need to be careful about security and these kind of things, but I really love the way you can, let's say, save the energy on heatings uh, automatically. So if you're not at home, you don't really need to, uh, to have a high temperature uh, inside, you know, so you just turn off the heating. Once you are getting closer to the home, it will start uh, heating up your house. This, these are the things that are a little off. I also uh, love the, uh, the way of, uh, let's say, biotechnologies. So you have like the, the, the medicine like went, uh, went really uh, forward. Uh, by using the technologies, you can go uh, to change your knees, for example, with let's say uh, with some titanium uh, titanium uh, prosthetics, which has been done just by the technology and intelligent people that uh, have built the uh, have built built the solutions with the uh, with the technology itself. So medicine is also a really big part of that. So these two would be the probably my uh, two best. So what you are curious about to know about developer relations? Yeah, uh, for me uh, to basically cooperate with other companies that already implemented the developer relations to, let's say, exchange the exchange the experience because you can do it multiple ways. It's just a methodology to methodology. It's uh, but the implementation. It's up to you. So it's really nice if I go to the conference and I find another developer advocates or developer evangelists or developer relations leaders uh, in the field to exchange the way of working and maybe get a little bit of tips or provide a little bit of insight of your uh, of your experience. This is something that I really uh, like and uh, really strive on. So spending time in doing this, uh, connecting with people and uh, uh, participating in uh, uh, conferences, what, what kind of knowledge that you're getting and uh, how that is helping you to do the work better? Yeah. Uh, for example, if you see the actual people uh, implementing the services or providing the, uh, providing the support, so meeting them, uh, meeting them uh, face to face, it's much more uh, effective for me. Uh, you can you can get much more information in much shorter time. It can have much uh, bigger impact uh, for uh, for the things uh, for the things that I really like to uh, pop up. So these are the things, or maybe creating a working group that just gets together from different companies or from the from the companies that we are selling our product to. 
and like work with them uh, how to make uh, our cooperation better and better. Uh, this is the thing that I really like. And uh, if we go to 10 years back and now comparing uh, the present with the, the 10 years back one, so what change that happened in developer relations role? Yeah, 10 years ago, I had no idea that some even the developer relations exists. It started around that time in the bigger companies, like in, I think the Google uh, and Microsoft were the, let's say, first comers with that concept. So I had no idea. Uh, at the time, I was uh, freshly out of uh, out of um, college, and I was finishing my masters. So I joined uh, I joined uh, uh, the company, uh, start to build, uh, let's say, my technological uh, experience. So I had no idea that something like that uh, even works. And during the time, I started to start to uh, see the people on YouTube that are doing the tutorials. I saw the bloggers that are doing the cool stuff. Uh, by writing the writing the articles, then the stream started to work. Uh, so there were streamers that were uh, coding uh, live or doing some uh, POCs and these kind of things, and it gets gets me interested. Uh, so ten years ago, I had no idea that something is uh, emerging. Five years ago, I started working uh, uh, or started no no noticing that uh, this is the cool field that I would like to be in. And uh, what is your educational background? Yeah, uh, I have, uh, let's say, pretty standard uh, IT background. So I started uh, on the on the uh, general uh, informatics for my bachelor's, and I finished my master's in applied informatics, uh, which uh, both were in Brno. Uh, one was on uh, uh, University of Technology, and the second one was uh, was on the Masaryk one. So I switched the high school, uh, to, uh, switched to colleges to have a comparison. Uh, but it, uh, uh, besides of that, uh, I just started to work uh, in the professional field uh, and to grow. I didn't do uh, any PhDs or uh, any. I didn't uh, really uh, play a, uh, play the part in some startups or, or uh, these kind of things. I basically just started to work as an employee and then uh, built my way up uh, during the during the 10 years uh, spending uh, with the company. So what is the difference that you're observing uh, in yourself uh, when you have done your master's and uh, the present role as a developer relations? Uh, the difference was I had no idea uh, how the actual business works uh, because uh, in the informatics and applied informatics, you can learn how to code, how to solve problems. Uh, it will help you to do the anal uh, analytical thinking. But uh, my courses uh, was not covering the business way of doing. So any ROI, any marketing, uh, any uh, business development, uh, this was the field that I had no idea about and I needed to learn them uh, by working with the people uh, that I already had experience with or uh, learning by uh, from the internet or uh, learning from the books how to do, let's say, uh, the meta work around the, the software development. So this kind of uh, marketing, technology uh, providing, uh, technology evangelism and these kind of things. What made you to uh, uh, understand things uh, easier? I really like to uh, make a mind maps or it's not a mind map, you just basically draw your ideas on the paper. 
and you're trying to make a complex idea uh, to be placed on one piece of paper, ideally as small as possible. So we have like A5 or A4 uh, paper, and you're trying to put it uh, all there, or doing the groomings or explanations uh, next to the blackboard. So you're trying to like write down your idea uh, the most easiest way possible and provide information then for everybody. And what is your approach to uh, solve any problem that you face? Yeah, uh, we are trying to uh, do it uh, as iteratively as possible. So if you have a big problem, we are trying to cut it to the smaller problems and tr then try to prioritize them, try to find the really root or the base of the problems. Once you have it, you can start building the POC or you can try uh, drawing it uh, drawing it on a board to make a, make a solution. Once the solution is done, uh, we are trying to provide the, or provide it to the people that we are working with to get some feedback and iterating on it. So we are uh, we are basically uh, we are basically applying the uh, the agile uh, methodologies in our software development setup. And what is your success uh, secret? Success secret. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, for me, uh, I'm really driven by the uh, ambition. Uh, this might be really uh, one of the key things because uh, you can do a developer job from nine to five and be happy. Uh, but for me, uh, for my uh, my success is defined like how uh, much I have uh, learned and to get the get the knowledge and provide it to the others. So. This is something that I uh, really strive uh, to do, and I think that might uh, have uh, some part uh, on my success. And uh, what, what do you think that you you think that you want to learn? Learn. Uh, currently, uh, I'm leading the team just for uh, one year, so I need to work on my management skills, and I would like to have more and more people, uh, let's say, sharing my uh, point uh, on developer relations. So. This is something that I need to uh, focus on right now to, let's say, have my team uh, ambitious, focused, but uh, not overwhelmed and really uh, well uh, well aligned. So this management uh, or people management skills uh, are the things that I, uh, I'm currently focused on uh, developing besides of the technical ones. Now you are understanding the user experiences and understanding what to give and how to contribute. So how how uh, does user experiences uh, going to play uh, uh, a role in uh, IT? Yeah, I can I can uh, make an example of our product because uh, our product started seven eight years ago as an internal startup in a company, uh, and it was really um, trying to find the market uh, for the CMSs at the time. Headless CMSs was just starting. So we're trying to make a solution pretty quickly and then make a, make a feedback loop uh, with the potential customers as quick as possible. Uh, but we end up with a solution that worked, but wasn't really nice or uh, easy to work with. It has the feature, it had the features, but it didn't really had the good feeling of using it. So then we've um, basically, I think it's like five years ago, we decided to do the redesign or uh, replot or uh, restructuralizing our system uh, to be easy to use, easy to navigate in. And uh, we basically set up our UX uh, department at the time and we're, we are iterating on the UX uh, basis. Uh, it took quite a long time. I think it was like one or two years 
to finish it up. We are, of course, doing it iteratively, but once we are at the, let's say, uh, stage that we are fine with the user experience, uh, uh, it took one or two years. But after that, we started to get the value out of the out of the client because they were much more happy to use the product. It didn't just work, but it worked well and it was uh, usable much uh, and it was much easier to work with, which gives you a really big boost because they can recommend it and uh, you can basically build the marketing on it. But it is very tough for you to reconstruct uh, the the built product. Yes, that was uh, pretty. Uh, that was pretty hard because you need to basically completely switch your understanding of developing things. It's not like, yeah, we need a feature, we need to implement the feature. It's more of like, yeah, let's find out that what our uh, system is missing and let's find it out from the users, from the user experience, what they are missing or maybe they are struggling to find or they are struggling to uh, set up. So let's focus on uh, more of a use case based um, development to the feature-based development that you have just the table of features that you need to do because I don't know, other does that, yeah? So it's much easier uh, to do that, um, just to uh, watch the competition and just copy and paste the features. But we're trying to, let's say, focus on more of a user uh, user base. And our primary persona is a creative people or a creative person who is uh, working on, I don't know, marketing, uh, marketing campaign or creating the promotion or something like that. So these are really creative people and they really need to have uh, open mind when they are creating the work. So they need don't they really uh, shouldn't be, let's say, thinking about how to use the software. They should be thinking how to create a promotion itself. You started as a developer and you started uh, constructing and uh, uh, working on a uh, product before. Now you became the lead and you are uh, understanding the business side of the technology and also uh, understanding the user experiences of the, pro- of the product that you are creating. So mm-hmm. this is completely different from what you did before. So th- this complete package uh, software development life cycle. So what do you understood? Yeah, uh, I'm still learning. <laughs> I don't have a like a uh, super complex uh, solution for uh, creating, developing the product because I have many, uh, many, uh, many colleagues that are much more experienced. So I'm basically trying to understand it. I know the basis and I'm focusing on the developer relations. But um, to like see it from the top, uh, it's really uh, interesting uh, to uh, see uh, similar services in the bigger scale because we are uh, focusing on enterprise segment in headless CMSs, uh, but this is like one of the market. But if you compare it, for example, with the market of, I don't know, uh, search engines, yeah, for example, Google, they have the developer relations, but they are much bigger and uh, much more, uh, let's say, um, experienced in that. So this is the way uh, I would like to uh, basically focus to get the experience from them and implement it to our company so it can scale up to this uh, huge, uh, huge, uh, uh, huge size. What are the best qualities of the software that makes user to use it in in very easy way? Yeah, uh, depends on the persona. <laughs> uh, my main persona is a developer. So uh, if uh, you are a developer for me personally, uh, from my <laughs> developer hat, 
is an API. If you have a good API with a good API documentation, uh, this is the core of the this is the core of the uh, software that I would like to use. Of course, there are people uh, they don't want to use software from the technical point of view. They just want to basically uh, use the software as is, like I don't know Microsoft Word and uh, this kind of application that are not specific to developers. They are specific to uh, various, let's say, non-technical uh, users. And this is the user experience, like how easy you find the product uh, usable. So you don't need to read the documentation. You don't even like think what to click on. Uh, you don't need to think uh, uh, what you should do next because you already like get the feeling that it's natural to use it this way. Is it possible to create a product which connects with everybody? Uh, I'm not really, I don't really think so. Like to have one, uh, um, Universal uh, interface for everybody. They just plug on uh, plug on your brain. Uh, you always need to focus on the like specifics of the personas. Yeah, I think you can make a really good product, and I don't really do, and I don't really believe you can do uh, everything at one hundred percent. You can always do it like at ninety nine point nine, but you can really reach the ideal. But you can really get closer to the ideal if you have a specific segment that you are focusing on, because to have universal thing for everything, people are different, and you can cover them all in one in one black box. And what kind of research do a developer need to do in order to re achieve that 99.9? Yeah, uh, reiterate, reiterate all over and over and over. And because you can do the refactoring indefinitely, uh, developer can rewrite, rewrite the code. It happened to me many times that I wrote the code. Uh, I left it. I was happy with that. It was covered by that. It was working. It was a performance. I saw it. Uh, then you just don't touch it for a year or two. But after a year or two, when you take a look back to the software and like, yeah, I can make it a little bit more better than I made some mistakes or I made some let's say, uh, bad uh, architectural decisions, which lead to something because you're uh, always learning and you're getting uh, much better. So iteration on the on the features or on the skill set, um, or sorry, uh, on the on the user interface, it's really, uh, it's really important. Communicating with the computer and communicating with the human being. So what is the difference? Uh, big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for me, I can see, it, I can see, it, uh, I can see it uh, for the type of people that I'm working with. Uh, there are developers that really like you know, write the code. They don't really need to think about anything else, like uh, user experience or like uh, communicating the features or documenting the features or uh, trying to understand how it's valuable for this uh, segment of the people or these kind of things. Uh, and I accept that. And most of the time, there are much more uh, experienced developers than I am. So there are two two people. Uh, the second one is uh, two types of people. Sorry, uh, but the second one, uh, the second ones can speak with uh, anybody. Uh, can have a creative mind or anything. But when they need to basically do something technical, which is a strict uh, a strict uh, data contract, let's say, uh, for them, then it's a little bit hard to uh, to achieve. So. It's completely different for me, but I think that's 
one of uh, one of the purposes of the let's say uh, different roles in the companies or in the society to get together and make the connections between these uh, different types of people uh, which one is tough and which one is important uh, i think they are both important uh, i think it's much harder to uh, interact with people uh, because they are much more complex uh, than, as i said the data contracts are not that strict and there are many different people. If you learn one uh, programming language or some, one framework, it will probably work the same after a couple of years. It will just add a new feature in there, but the evolution is not that quick uh, as uh, it can be with, uh, with the people. And one last question is, you saw the evolution of the technology, you saw the evolution of the software. So what is the difference that you're observing from day one that you saw it and now? Yeah, I can really see how the software is being used. Because before I thought that the being IT guy is basically uh, working with uh, tables, data, and working them together. And now I see that the working as a software engineer or developer or even developer relations leader is not about the software. It's about the problems you are solving via technology. So this like mental shift was kind of kind of different or big. Uh, during my uh, during my career itself. And uh, at last, what is your observation about this conversation and my questioning, and also the videos that I did uh, on my YouTube channel? Yeah, I think I think it's great. Uh, uh, I really like the flow, and I uh, like the connections in between the questions. So this is uh, this is uh, really nice. Uh, it's really nice that you have a camera, so we can like see each other because I don't really like these uh, conferences that you just have the you just have the profile picture there and I have no idea if you're uh, listening or doing something so this is really cool uh, audio quality great English perfect uh, video perfect so I think I think it was great and I enjoy it yeah I didn't really feel like some stress or something like that sometimes you have this kind of thing that you are under pressure you know the time and stuff this was really like a really nice chat uh, between two people, so I really liked it. And uh, I did masters in software engineering, also bachelors in computer science and engineering. And uh, re- right now I'm getting uh, trained as a DevOps engineer, uh-huh. AWS AWS DevOps engineer. Uh, just now I completed my training. And uh, so uh, talking with experts like you who are already in the industry, who are from different parts of the world, listening to you people and uh, 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 asking these questions and uh, knowing what you did, how you solved problems in your work and uh, in, in, in your uh, projects, what I'm going to learn from this and how this uh, experience is going to helpful for me if I work in IT in coming days. How this yeah. experience, uh, uh, talking with experts like you from all over the world, how this experience is going to be helpful for me. Yeah, uh, I think I think that the, the the YouTube channel or any stream or you can do podcast whatever it basically depends on uh, what you like is really good because first uh, you will see people from all around the world doing various things so it will basically much uh, like basically make your view much wider uh, than just like watching people around uh, in your city or whatever so this is great. And personally, I liked it uh, during my time when I started to like work more with people internationally. You can see the, the slight little changes or the cultural differences or the like 
completely different approaches that other people are using so that you can apply them. So for us, uh, it can be, uh, yeah, you learn that there is some developer relations. So you at least know that there is some field that might be interesting for, I don't know, even you or some colleague of yours, or you can just like uh, share the experience. And for me, I really like that uh, you're doing this kind of evangelizing work. Uh, you're trying to provide information about the, about the jobs and not jobs, uh, basically the topics that are, people are covering, uh, which is kind of thing that I like to do and I wanted to do in developer relations is providing the the broader view what uh, what API or what technology you can use uh, with that product. So I'm doing a slightly um, more narrow uh, narrow uh, narrowed way, uh, the same uh, as you are, but you are going pretty general and wide, which is uh, which is uh, really uh, really uh, interesting. And uh, at last, can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You have my permission. I think I already uh, sent it uh, as well in the uh, in the text, so uh, you can store it, and you have my permission to uh, set it up. And also, can I put this audio and video clip on my podcast website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Yeah, uh, place it anywhere you want. So uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, podcast, uh, your website, YouTube. I'm fine with that. Uh, if you can credit me, uh, I would probably uh, like to be credited on the Twitter um, with my Twitter or my personal website. Depends on you how you like it. Uh, depends uh, how you want to link me. Uh, but that's basically uh, what I uh, what I would like to have to get some notifications so that I can watch the recording uh, how it look like at the end. Uh, I'll put your web links in the description of this video on YouTube. People who find our video on YouTube can see it, and also I'll put on the screen as well all the video they can see and also can you spell your presence online presence to my podcast business so that they can connect to you and learn from you yes yes uh, it's uh, i put it as the note uh, to our meeting so it's the andre.crastina.dev and i have all the links to all my, all my socials in this little icon so you can just click it through and uh, you can just uh, get connected with me yeah, thank you again uh, for giving me your valuable time and uh, giving answers to some of my questions and sharing your experience with me and my audience. Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, and hopefully uh, you'll be successful in the AWS uh, DevOps. And good luck with that. Sure, thank you. Thank you. Have a nice Bye. rest of the day. Bye. Bye.